Thanks for listening to the Bethel Church Podcast. We hope this episode inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, this is a pretty amazing way to start the beginning of the year. You know, um, I know sometimes when it comes to the beginning of the year, uh, people love to criticize people developing new habits. You know, if you go to a gym, everybody loves to talk about how, man, I hate the beginning of the year because the gym is just packed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But good grief, I'm glad the gym is packed at the beginning of the year, right? You know, I'm glad we don't say that about church. <laughs> I hate coming to church on the first Sunday of the year. Everybody has decided to show up. They're just going to sit on. Good grief, I'm glad you're here. If you haven't been, if you were not here at all last year, don't worry about it. You're here right now, and that's what matters. If you haven't watched online all year long, I'm just glad that you're back. I want to say welcome to all of our first and, and second time and third time guests. I do want to give you a little bit of heads up. This Sunday is going to be a little bit different. Um, the way I'm going to be speaking is a lot different. Not that I'm ever super polished, um, but I am going to be a little bit more in the living room this morning. Um, we're, this is the beginning of the year. And um, we've got some pretty amazing things ahead of us. So if you're here for your first time, I want to say welcome. We, you're, but you've walked right into the middle of a family meeting this morning. And um, I, I want everyone that calls themselves a partner of this church, I really want you to have something out that you can write on. Um, because I want you to write down some of the things we're going to be talking about this morning specifically the direction that Bethel Church is going to be headed um, this year. First of all, I want to say, um, I know many of you have been praying. We have prayed in this service, um, but I do want you to know, if you don't know already, that um, David Jordan did um, go on to heaven this past week. Um, the man that we've been praying for, how many of you remember, wave at me a lot in these services. Um, he is healed and he is in the presence of Jesus right now. And um, I want to ask you to continue praying for um, David's wife and his boys and um, a lot of really close friends and family that are even here in the service right now. Um, there, there is going to be a um, celebration of life here tonight at 6 p.m., and um, the visitation will start at 4.30. Um, so I think it would be awesome um, for you guys to show up and just love on the family real good. Um, I also want to let you know, um, we'll be bringing some more information. You'll see it online. But starting on January the 10th, we, our church is going to be diving into a 21-day fast. Anybody excited about fasting? <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of those kind of things like, yeah, I'm excited to grow closer to the Lord, but um, um, I'm really not wanting to put down the fork to do it. Um, I do want to say it starts January the 10th. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but there was something specific about it that I wanted to tell you. First of all, I want to say this. Um, making a last minute decision too fast, it works, but I think it will work better for you and your family if you'll go ahead and start planning and having discussions about how you're going to fast. As a husband and wife, if one of you is fasting sweets and the other one is not, and every night this one sits down with a tub of ice cream and a Twinkie, um, it's just get on the same, not that that's ever a good thing to do, but um, get, get on the same page. You know, in our house, we've, already started kind of, and we'll talk about it more, um, like discussions about what we're going to do. And we, we have a lot of kids that range from seven to 22. And we, um, we, every one of them do participate in the fast in some shape, fashion, or form. Now, I don't think it, it's a great idea to tell your seven-year-old they can't eat for three days. Um, that was a joke. Okay. Not funny. Never mind. 
But explain to them the concept of fasting and it might be that they decide like, hey, I'm not gonna eat any candy for 21 days. And that's awesome. So um, have these discussions with your family. Go ahead and start planning it out. Remember that when we fast, we're not just dieting. We're not starving ourselves. We're replacing the time that we normally would spend on food with seeking after the, the Lord's face. Um, so that means if you're fasting a lunch break, you know, don't watch Netflix over your lunch break. Seek the Lord over your lunch break. And, and um, Nelson Radford, our director of prayer here at Bethel Church, you're going to see his face a lot online and in your email inboxes and even up here um, during the 21-day fast. But he'll be bringing a lot more information for you about that. There is something specific, all the dudes in the church, all the men, on January the 22nd. Will you men write that down real fast? It is a Saturday morning. Um, I am specifically asking you men to put every effort you can make to be here on Saturday morning, January the 22nd. Um, a few Sundays back, um, it was not in my notes to call the men to the front for the auto response. How many of you remember that? And when, I, when the men came up, I felt like it was like a wind came with you. And it was really special and something really unique. And there's something the Lord has put on my heart that I want to share with the men. And um, you're more than welcome to bring your men in training, your boys with you. But prepare, to, prepare them. We're going to be having a man talk. Amen. And um, uh, Eric Copes, our director of men's ministry, and myself, we, 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 we've got something we just really want, God has really put on our heart for the men in this church. And so I want to ask you, we're not having a prayer breakfast. We're just having prayer. It's during the fast. <laughs> we figured we didn't want to make it hard for anybody. We're going to meet right here in the auditorium. We're going to worship some together. We're going to seek the face of the Lord together. So men, January the 22nd. Um, how many of you excited about 2022? Is that the year we're in right now? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it too. I usually don't get super excited about... Um, about New Year's, but this year I'm pretty pumped. I heard you guys threw down on New Year's Eve. Is that right? How many of you were here? Yeah, yeah, awesome, pretty good. We had um, already planned a pretty huge family vacation um, that week, and um, we had just gotten back from seeing Mickey and Minnie, um, the marathon vacation, I like to call it. Um, you know, there's nothing like getting up really early in the morning um, and um, being yelled at by people to get out of the way. <laughs> we were on the bus um, one evening, no, one morning, and this lady behind me, like I couldn't move forward, and she yelled at me, and she said, she said, the bus is going to be full to capacity. Either move forward or get out of the way. And I turned around and I said, did you know that the Lord loves you? <laughs> no, I turned around and I said, I got five kids. You can wait. And she said, <laughs> and then my kids were like, dad, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't on my best behavior at Disney. <laughs> and um, so... I was really, Pastor Blake, I was really seeking the face of the Lord this morning. <laughs> Amen. But it was, it was pretty full. Um, to and one of the things, you know, we, we realized really quickly is that if you go to Disney the day after Christmas, you have to have a plan. If you wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning and get there after it's been open for two, you ain't going to ride nothing. Anybody ever been to Disney? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and so like we, we, Caitlin and I, we had these little, you know, impromptu informal planning meetings about what, what rides we were going to, it's not fast pass, they've changed everything. Magic, genie, lightning, whatever it's called. And it's like we had, we had all these plans and uh, if we hadn't had a plan, if we hadn't have come up with, with a strategy, you know, we would have just got there and we would have just wandered around. And I'm going to be honest with you, I wouldn't have stayed. I ain't waiting in line for four hours to see some fake 
Star Wars commando dudes, okay? <laughs> but that last day we went to Hollywood Studios and we had this like, it was a good plan, wasn't it? It was magical. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I mean, we got there at like at rope drop. We were like the second or third people in line. Seven o'clock Clint comes. I do the rise of the resistance. Is that what you do? I don't know all the names. And then like we, we genie pass, slinky dog. And then we went right to tower, the tower drop and rock and roller coaster. And then we came back and did Toy Story. Man, we had ridden everything by like 11 o'clock. Y'all are supposed to be impressed by that. Okay, thank you. Amen. Good job. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate you backing me up back there. You know, but if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a vision, um, you're not going to make it at Disney. Oh, I'm talking, y'all thought I was talking about life. No, you know, there, sometimes in, in the church, you know, we used to talk about a vision a whole lot and then people started getting upset, not this church, but it's talking about how, you know, we don't need to bring leadership principles to Sunday morning. But the truth is, is that vision is not just a leadership principle. It's a biblical principle that God gave us himself. You've heard it said that without a vision, the people and, and more accurately translated would be without a vision, the people cast off restraint. If we don't know where we're going, if we don't know where we're headed, the, the trials and the tribulations of the present are just too much and we just give up and we just quit. If you're in the middle of recovery and you have not, which we all are, let me say that. Can I get some amens from my RA people? If you're in the middle of recovery and you don't have a vision of a better future of what the Lord has promised you he can do, when temptation comes, you're going to give in. So scripture teaches us is that we seek a, yes, a prophetic vision of the future. Something that we would not see with our fleshly eyes, but something that the Lord has to show us about what is coming. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Now we're going to spend most of our time in Philippians 3, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming year. I really want you to take notes whether they're mentally or physically, just keep up with it. I want you to go to verse 12 in Philippians um, 3, chapter 3. And it says this, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now, evidently, Paul was writing to some people who thought they were perfect already. Now, I know we have none of those people here this morning, do you? Anybody? You're perfected. Let me see. You've, you've been perfected yet. Anybody married to someone who has been perfected yet? Or Caitlin just raised her hand. Wow. Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate that. That kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> Didn't know you saw me that way, honey. <laughs> there were some readers who thought they were already, they thought that God had done his work in them. Now, no one is ever going to stand up and say, yes, I am perfect. I am perfected. Yes, God has done his full work in me. It happened when I was 45 years old on January the 2nd. An angel of the Lord appeared to me and said, I'm done with you. I've <laughs> no, what he's saying here is this. It's a reminder. And I think it's a reminder that we all need is that if we're looking for division, realize is God has not finished his work in you yet. You might have had a killer year. It might have been great, but there's still more and there's still better to come. You're not perfect just yet. 
you need to get out your phone and reverse the camera and just give yourself an inspirational video and say, honey, you're not perfect just yet and watch it every single day. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You see, Paul has a glimpse of what used to be, but he never dwells on it. The past is the past. Prophetic vision is the Lord showing you what is to come and you looking forward and not looking behind you. I've often heard it said, I think Pastor Steve said it up many times as he was preaching about the future and about vision is that the windshield is a lot bigger than the rear view mirror for a reason. Many of us will give inspirational talks to the people that we pray with in these altars. We'll give them to our kids, but we really stink at giving them to ourselves. The past is the past. And we can't move forward dwelling on the past. Not just past mistakes. I'm talking about past victories. We can't revel and roll around in what God has done last year and get so content and try to get God to do a repeat when what God might want to do this year is completely different. I think this is why scripture teaches us that godly love keeps no record of wrongdoings. You can never move forward by looking into the past. Maybe this is one of the myriad of reasons that scripture teaches us that forgiveness is not an option. Because what is forgiveness? It's placing someone in jail, in a cell, off of something that they have done in the past. But the issue is this, is who else is dwelling in the past when they do that? We are. If you're still holding on to something that has happened in the past, my friend, you are living in the past. Then he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The call is not down, it's, it's upward. Now, if you're going to surround yourself with negative thinkers, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm a little bit contrarian on this, I do think you need to be surrounded by a couple negative thinkers. Why? Because you're not evangelizing if you're not. If you're only surrounding yourself with people who think like you and who are on the same level as you, then you're not making any disciples. But if you're going to surround yourself by negative thinkers, just don't let them speak into your life too much, okay? But the call is upward. And this is not some feel-good, fuzzy-wuzzy, Dr. Phil, Oprah, inspirational talk. This is what Scripture teaches us, is that the call is, it's upward, but it's, it's, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Then he said this, let those of us who are mature think this way. Let me go back. What is, what is he talking about? Let those of us who are mature think what way? Number one, we realize that we're not perfect. Maturity is not this place where we arrive and we're like, you know what? Like, man, I am in a really good spot with the Lord right now. I'm not really sure that I can learn much more. I think the closer that you get to a holy God, the more you realize that you are not that holy without what Jesus did for you. I've said this before, but have you ever gone to one of those hotels and they've got those little mirrors that allow you to see all of your blemishes. I just want to punch them. Because, you know, when I'm standing about this far away from the mirror, I'm looking pretty good. But then I get real close to that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, good grief. Like, where did all those blackheads come from? 
And you get closer and you get closer. The closer we get to a holy God, the more I think we run to the altar and fall on our face. It's almost the opposite of the way we treat spiritual maturity, that when I reach this place of maturity, I'm content and happy to just sit and just receive a little bit. But I think the, we look at people in the altars and sometimes we think to ourselves, oh my gosh, they must be really messed up. No, they're probably right in tune with the heart of God. So we press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And this has a little humor in it. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Y'all see that? Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. There is a lie that the enemy tries to tell every single one of us is that it is responsible and mature to keep visiting the past. That we need to stay fully aware of the mistakes that we have made in the past. And that is a lie from the enemy. And many of us indulge in that lie and we love to remind those around us about the mistakes they have made in the past. Sometimes we do it verbally, sometimes we do it in a text, sometimes we do it in this really vague general social media post that's not really directed at anybody except one person. <laughs> and sometimes we do it by walking by someone and not even making eye contact with them just to remind them where they stand. The truth is that spiritual maturity looks up and moves forward. Prophetic vision looks up and it moves forward. This is so contrary to the world's way of thinking, but we must move forward. You must look up. Biblical vision will stretch you into a place of maturity. It will stretch you into a place of maturity where God wants to take you is not going to you're not going to be able to stay comfortable where you are right now. It means things are going to change and we all love change until the change happens. Right. We're all like, oh, yeah, I read who moved my cheese four times. I love that book. I love change. But then you roll in and things are completely different and you've got to readjust and you've got to sit in a different seat at church and sing different songs. You're like, I just want the old rugged cross to be sung one time this year. <laughs> but young people, look at me, listen to me, look, look at me, look at me. I want y'all to be just as excited about the preaching of God's word as you are about the worship. I love that y'all love to worship. And I think it's amazing. But let me tell you this. There's going to come a day. Get ready for it. Teenagers, listen to me. There's going to come a day where you're going to walk in and you're going to say, why can't they just sing, I came running out of the grave song? And they're going, there's going to be some people who are younger than you and they're going to be up here and you're probably going to be worshiping to... And you're going to say to yourself... What are they doing up there? And y'all's generation, you're going to be like, why are they ironing their clothes? Like, that is so weird. Gosh, wrinkles look so much better. And you're going you're gonna to struggle because you're, you're the one that's going to have to change. Thank God we have been given a foundation at this church where the older generation has always took the burden of the younger generation and helped us. Can we thank God for that? You know what I mean? It's a big deal to move forward with the generations. But prophetic vision can oftentimes be painful because you might have to give up something in 2022 that God didn't ask you to give up in 2021. He might ask you for an extra hour of your time in the morning. 
He might ask you to, to cut off all of your subscriptions. He might ask you during the fast, this is what the Lord and Caitlin is going to probably start. If you see her dancing in the aisles, you're going to know why. He might ask you to, when you fast, to not just fast from food, but to fast from making suggestions on how things can be better. I heard somebody talking about that. Like, and I was like, is that possible? Is it possible to walk in the room and not make a suggestion on how things can be better? Like, well, yeah, anything's possible. <laughs> if anything, if in anything you think otherwise, I'm going to pray like Paul did that God will reveal this to you also. Now, what does this apply to? You guys ready for it? Drum roll, please. It applies to everything. Mistakes that have been made in the past are in the past. It's time to move forward. Some of you have placed yourself in bondage. You've placed yourself in the prison of past mistakes. I'm telling you, the door has already been broken wide open. It's time to walk out. If you have had breaks in your integrity in the past, apologize, make reparations as possible, but it is time to move forward. For those of you, you're on your second or third or fourth marriage, I want you to know this. His mercies are new every morning and it's time to look forward. You can't go back and undo it and fix it now. Stop wasting your time trying to figure out about what you could have done better and start dedicating your life to doing it right in the future. Amen. It's time to move forward. And church, look at me. If you think that you have lived so right and you've spat so white that you can remind people of the mistakes they've made in the past, I wanna let you know there's forgiveness for you too. And if any of you think otherwise, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pray that God will reveal it to you also. But when people who have made mistakes and it's been public and they start cycling back into ministry opportunities and being used as the kingdom of God, we, rather than criticizing and condoning and rather than raising our eyebrow, we need to be lifting our hands and dancing in the aisles and thanking God that he restores. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me, because the same spirit that will not celebrate one of ours being restored will also turn their nose up of the people that come into this church from other things. It's the same spirit. It's the same issue. So we have, we're gonna, we, if we're going to move forward into what God has for us in, in 2022 and what God is trying to do in this church, we can't be dwelling in the past. Parents, do you regret the way that you have raised your kids in the past? Oh my goodness. I tell y'all all the time, I was, I was the perfect parent. Then we had kids. <laughs> I can remember like as, a, as, a, as not having any children, I would see like kids acting up in the grocery store and I would be in my head and be like, what that kid needs is somebody to take off their belt. <laughs> I tell you what, if that was my young and I'd do what my mama did and make, make me go pick the switch that I was about to get spanked with. I ain't talking about like abuse. I'm talking about not sparing the rod. And I used to say all these things. Oh, yeah, when I have kids, blah, 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 blah. And then I had kids, and then I realized it's a little harder than it looks. <laughs> Actually, it's much harder than it looks. And then there's this other thing. They're not robots. You can do all the right things, and they'll still look at you and say, I hate you. I know none of your kids have ever told you that before. Some of you are thinking, no, they haven't. And I want to say, you're, bless you. <laughs> Not all of my kids have told me that, but there's a couple that are a little bit more lively than the others. 
that have let me know that they strongly disagree with the decisions that I am currently making about our family. I don't know where they get that from. Probably Caitlin's side of the family, but <laughs> she was, I had to get you back. <laughs> but it's time to move forward. You can't go back and make it right, but we can move forward and do it right. I, I want to tell you this, that dwelling in the past, it, it, it has this twofold way of messing up the future. This is why, because it's bondage, because it keeps you constantly looking back at the movie reel with no power to really change what happened. You ever been watching like a scary movie, which I haven't, we don't, we don't watch scary movies, but I didn't. I stopped watching scary movies the year that I moved out because I moved out and I realized I was like, yeah, I got my own house. And the first night I slept in my house, I slept with my shotgun loaded on the couch. <laughs> I was really scared. And I was like, I want to be like, hey, mom, dad, you, you want to spend the night with me? <laughs> I really was afraid. And I prayed about it. And I, I can remember just being like, this is so stupid. Why am I afraid? And then the Holy Spirit was like, well, quit intentionally scaring yourself. Fear is fear. And so I quit watching scary movies completely and have never struggled with fear since. But before I did stop watching, you know, like the one guy always goes back in the house when he hears a weird noise. Like everybody, exactly. Everybody's outside and you hear something like inside and the guy's like, wow, that's a great idea. I think I'll go in there. Right. And then what are we all doing? Like we're sitting there looking at the TV like, no, somehow think that's what we do when we dwell in the past. We're yelling and screaming and agonizing over something that has already happened with no real power to change any of it. Not only is it bondage, but it's also debilitating because we spend our time dwelling in a time frame that yields no fruit when we could be planting seed today for a better future. I know y'all know this, but you just needed, we needed to be reminded that prophetic vision is concerning those things that move forward. And without it, it's not just the church. It's you as a person. It's your family. It's your children. Without vision for the future, without something to work towards, we cast off all restraint and we just don't make it. That's why Paul said, I press on. I move forward. I look upward to the ultimate prize, which is Jesus. So vision is real simple. It's this, as a believer, our ultimate vision is the upward call of Jesus. Our ultimate vision is to be where David Jordan is at today, in the presence of Jesus. And whatever else God shows us between there, it has to stay in line with the upward call of Jesus. And I know that sounds so simple, but sometimes we start chasing and pursuing things. If we would just stop for one second and say, does this bring me closer to the Lord? We would never chase it. But we get a whim and we get excited and we go after something and then we finally get it and we think we're going to feel so fulfilled and we realize that it is not taking us one step closer to Jesus. It's taking us five steps away. So any kind of vision that God gives us is going to always take us one, two, three steps closer to the ultimate prize, which is Jesus. This is prophetic vision. Without it, you will not survive 2022. You're going to cast off restraint. We need a fresh vision of Jesus every single morning that we wake up. A fresh vision of heaven, a fresh vision of moving forward to the upward calling of Jesus. One of the things I do like about the two, three generations before me were this, is that we sang about heaven a whole lot. When the roll is called up, I'll 
all kinds of songs about heaven. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Roe being caught up yonder. Why did y'all sing about biscuits? <laughs> we used to sing about going to heaven all the time. Look, y'all, heaven is real. It's a real place that God has gone and he's prepared. He, he wouldn't be lying. He wouldn't be telling you if he hadn't. That's where we're headed. So where is our church headed? And I need to quickly say this. This time went faster than I thought it was going to this morning. It's okay. It always does. There's two things that I really feel like after talking with our leadership team, spending a lot of time in prayer, two things I really feel like the Lord is putting on our hearts to pursue in 2022. The first one is this. We're calling this our house. Over the past several years, um, you know, you guys heard Pastor Steve talk a lot about Project One. And we put a lot of effort into Project One. We pursued it with a lot of steam. Every single time, though, we would come to a spot where we felt like we were settled. The price tag was pretty absorbent. To remodel this facility and expand it just a little bit, it was going to cost close to $2 million dollars. And it seemed a little silly. Um, you know, Pastor Steve, he, he felt like it didn't make any sense to spend that kind of money to only get, you know, 50, 60 more seats and a prettier facade. Now, we are going to be making our property better. We are going to steward it even better. But we are actively looking for something uh, new in the future. And what that means is we have been and we still are on the hunt for land that is within three or four miles of this campus. Um, and so I'm, I, we bring this to you to let you know that um, if you have land within three to four miles of this campus, <laughs> and y'all can laugh, but I'm not even joking about it. I mean, people have given million dollar buildings to churches in the past. Why can't you give up? you know, $100,000, $150,000 piece of land. God can do it. He's going to do it. I'm not concerned about that. I'm putting the vision in front of you so that you know. At this point, the current plan, and, and like I said, plans change as you start moving forward and you start seeing how things are evolving. But the, the, the current plan would be to try and get land really close to where we are so that we could operate on a couple of different campuses. Why would we do that? This is why we would do it. So that we don't have to go into debt to build a massive complex of buildings. We would be doing it with cash money. We're not going to, thank you, Pastor Steve. We're not going to sit here as leadership and tell you guys to take, you know, the Dave Ramsey special class and not to go into absorbent debt and then go into debt five or $6 million so that we could have a prettier building. And so what that means is this, is that I re really feel like the Lord is leading us into a season of number one, praying and preparing for the future and improving and stewarding what God has given us already even better. It is a biblical principle to take care of the stuff God gives you. You know what I mean? Now, I'm talking to you as, a, as your pastor and, and as this church, but I really truly believe that if you apply some of this stuff like to your personal life, I think God's going to show you something in 2022 and give you some things. He's not going to entrust us with this when we're not currently taking care of this. You know what I'm saying? You guys understand it. Like your kids, they come to you and they're like, dad, I want a new cell phone. And you're like, you dropped that one five times yesterday. We have to currently steward what God has given us. So what can you do to join this entire body of believers concerning our house? The first one I want, thing I want to ask you to do is this, is pray for vision and provision concerning the future of our facilities. This, the, you're right, we are the church, but this is our house. This is where we meet. And this is a special place. This is a very special place. Our children are dedicated here. Many of us are married here. Think about this place. Many of you were saved right in these altars. 
we're passed on to glory here, what's the next thing you can do? You can give. Unabashedly, unashamedly going to ask you to give. And you will be blessed because of it. If every person in this, that, was, that called themselves a member of this church tithed, our budget would double. But I'm going to be honest with you, church. I, I preach on it all the time. I show you the biblical principles behind it. I'm not going to do that right now. But my family, we tithe and we have tithed ever since we got married and we have never gone lacking. We have always lived in houses that we can't afford. We've always driven cars that we can't afford. And God has always taken care of us and blessed us. And God will bless you too. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. I want to challenge you to set the baseline at 10% and then ask God to give you a generous heart to be able to do more. A um, couple of other things that we can do to, to improve what God has given us and to look forward to the future. For those of you who are serving in various ministries, follow opening and closing procedures for all facilities. You probably have been given these little checklists. That, 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 why do we do that? That's so that Nate doesn't come in to cook for Recovery Alive and and the youth building and the kitchen is a hot mess. And when he needs to be cooking, he's actually cleaning. And that's so the teenagers don't come in to worship over there. And because of something else that is going on, it's a hot mess. Thank you, man. I'm glad I got some real good amen in right now. It's called stewardship. Y'all better watch out or I'll start channeling my inner CR holder on y'all. Our founding pastor, he used to come out here and he would, uh, he'd pull up and he'd walk through all the buildings. He'd cut off every single light. And then he'd come back through and he'd say, y'all don't need all these lights on in the building. Look, check doors. Y'all are like, Daniel, why are you supposed to give me something inspirational? I already did. Check doors, lights and AC units before you leave our buildings. I'm talking about stewarding. Well, God, stewardship is a biblical principle. I used to preach a message to teenagers and it was this. Yes, God cares if you clean your room. And all the parents would just be like. <laughs> People I ain't never even seen move before in church. Started running up and down the aisles. God anointed them to clean their bathrooms too. Don't walk past it. Don't walk past trash on the floor. Thank you. If there's pee on the seat, wrap up about 40 pieces of toilet paper and wipe it off. It is, I didn't do it. It don't matter. This is our house. We need to take care of it. We need to steward what God has given us. And what if somebody who was hurting and had a broken heart came in behind you and they just needed to hear the gospel, but the bathroom stunk? It matters. It matters. The way we do anything will be the way we do everything. So if you see trash on the ground, pick it up. If you see messes, I don't need to know about it. You fix it yourself. If you go into the bathroom and there's water all over the counter, you, guess what? It's the Lord giving you a chance to serve. You wipe it off. You're like, but I, you don't understand, Pastor Daniel. Sundays are my day off. I came to be ministered to. I'll tell you this. Serving has a way of changing the posture of our heart so that we actually can receive. Misplaced items. Just put stuff back where it goes. If you serve in a ministry, just put stuff back. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and it's, I, know, I know like everybody always has a reason why they don't need to do that. But just put stuff back where it goes. It's real simple. Volunteer for BC facilities. Will, stand up, please. Jason Finnenworth, stand up, please. Will is our finance and facilities administrator. 
Jason has been leading our facilities team and underneath his leadership, <clears throat> the church has saved tens of thousands of dollars through volunteer facilities work. It's pretty awesome. One of the ways you can be generous is by making things better by saving our church money through volunteering your time and resources to help with maintenance issues and improvement plans. One of the things we need to do is we need to change out all of our residential toilets to commercial toilets. <clears throat> and we could hire a plumber to do it and it would cost good grief a lot. Or we could just buy the materials and have the men, and we have several licensed plumbers in this church. I see you. And we could, we, you could give that to the church. That's a way of being generous in giving. Sunday mornings. Well, let me say one more thing. If you see an issue, either fix it or fill out a work order form. We're gonna be sending some stuff to your email. By the way, if you are not part of my BC, we need you to go to the website, click connect, and then click my BC portal. That's the way we communicate um, through email to the church. So we're gonna be sending a little sheet out with our house on it to kind of remind you about what we can do. This is, by the way, this is extremely spiritual what we're doing right now. Stewardship is spiritual. On Sunday mornings, <clears throat> if you've been coming for more than a year, and your legs are working at a better than 80% efficiency rate. You can park where we all park on the grass by the flagpoles. What does that do? It frees up a lot of room for first time and second time guests and for our elderly congregation. I, I, I cannot stand seeing somebody who struggles to walk who gets here last minute and they have to park really far away from the doors. Especially when there's somebody who's really healthy and they've snatched up the parking space right by the front doors. Now, if you're a mama rolling in with like some youngins, park by the door. We ain't talking to you, okay? Sunday morning specific. Another thing that you can do is this. You can start attending the 11 a.m. service, which we might regret saying that in a week or two, because the 11 a.m. service is exploding. Um, if we're faithful with little, I believe that God will give us more and he'll give us better. That's the first thing, everybody say our house. All right, now the second thing is this, everybody say come home. Okay, you're gonna start seeing this everywhere, all over the church. You're gonna see little yard signs that you can stick in your yard and when you hear the phrase come home this is what we're doing we are going to get out of this church and get into this community and tell people it's time to come home we've been saying you belong for years and do we really truly believe it if we're not going to get out there look i know covid and omicron and delta and american airlines and all these different strands are out there right now. I get it, I get it. And look, you do you on that. We're not giving you directions on what you should or shouldn't do because y'all ain't gonna tell me what to do with my family. I'm just gonna be real with you. Okay, so you do whatever you think is safe, but this church is mobilizing in 2022. And we are getting out into our community. We are going to knock on doors. We are gonna set up shop in people's front yards. We're gonna grill, grill out and give out burgers and hot dogs and tell people about Jesus. We're gonna go places that you gotta pray through before you go into because you're so scared. And when you feel that fear, you're gonna know it's a sign from the Lord letting you know that that's where you need to be because the enemy would not be lacing you with fear. You hear what I'm saying? He wouldn't, you wouldn't feel that fear because it's not God giving it to you. Some people tell me this all the time, Daniel, I'm, I, I, I'm afraid to go into this community. That means you should go. But it's not safe. Leaving heaven, coming to earth, cross, that was not safe either. We have not been called to a life of comfort and safety. You can join us by praying for souls to be saved. 
unless the Holy Spirit draws people, they will not be saved. I'm gonna say that again. Unless the Holy Spirit draws people, they will not be saved. Right? We can do great outreach, but unless the Holy Spirit draws people, they will not be saved. Pray for the Holy Spirit to draw the unsaved and to place people in your path that need to come home. Don't be like Pastor Daniel at Disney. When people ask the Lord to put people in your path that need to come home, write your own testimony and get comfortable sharing it. And this is what a testimony looks like. What was my life like before Jesus? What were the events and the things surrounding my conversion? And what is life like now that I have Jesus in my life? Learn to be transparent. We don't talk down to people. We get down on their level. And we say, me too. Y'all with me here? We get down on their level. We share our personal struggles. We don't show up at the front door Bless God, did you know how awesome I am? Let me tell you about it. And I can tell you how you can be awesome too. But we, we, we learn to get comfortable with our mistakes and our mess ups and our hurts and our hang ups and our addictions. Okay. And then we use what the enemy meant for evil and we join up with God who wants to use it for good. So if you feel like the most unqualified person to go out and start evangelizing, you are the most qualified person. Come home. This is what else you can do. Join a BC group or a ministry group. How many BC group leaders do I have in here? Let me see. How many of you are part of a BC group? Raise your hand. Raise your hand real high. Real high, higher, higher, I wanna see, okay. So if you're not currently serving somewhere or you're not in a BC group, I wanna encourage you to go visit the Connect uh, desk out in the lobby today when you leave because a lot of this stuff is gonna be carried out through groups and through various ministries. We truly believe that the best ideas are gonna come from those of you who are sitting in the seats right now. So we're gonna see Pastor Barry is gonna be getting with you group leaders about we wanna see a ton of outreach events this year. It's great to get together in fellowship, but let's take that fellowship into the community and invite other people to come home. Another thing you can do is this. You can start a new BC group. You say, I'm not qualified. None of us are. We'll help you. We'll give you some training. Pastor Barry, will you stand up real quick? This is Pastor Barry. This is our assimilation pastor. He's pretty awesome. How many of you love Pastor Barry and his family? I do. No, 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 no. Stay standing because I know you love attention. And I'll double it up. I'll give you a hug when all this is over because I also know you love hugs. But you do like hugs now. Hold on. But listen to me. You can start to be, if God is burning something in your heart, like you had an idea, traditionally what happens is people, God gives like people these ideas. And traditionally, those of you who've been a part of a church for a long time, you'll know what I'm about to say. What they do is they go tell the pastor about their great idea. And the pastor's like, well, God didn't give me that idea. He gave you that idea. And then people are like, I have this really great idea and I think our church should do it. And when I, if you come to me, I'm gonna just say, number one, go talk to Pastor Barry and this is what Pastor Barry is gonna tell you. He's gonna tell you to do it. If he gave you the vision, the prophetic vision, guess what? He has now commissioned you to lead that effort. And we can do that by starting a BC group because when we start a BC group, it opens up the vision God has given you inside of the house vision to other people so that they can join up and link arms with you. Another thing that you can do is you can start serving in Recovery Alive. Nate said you can start serving in the kitchen. But you can start serving in Recovery Alive. Organize and participate in outreach events with your ministry of BC group. Teenagers, look at me. Students, everywhere, look at me. I expect to see y'all out there. 
okay? And God's not just gonna use, there's, we've ta- talked about this word, there's not a teenager Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And we go to conferences and we hear all these great stories about what God has done in other youth groups. Why not ours? You know what I mean? Why, why, why not us? Why not us get out there? Why not us give up our weekends? You got a lot of time right now. Give it to the Lord. I want to see you out there this year. I'm almost done. Hold on. Invite everywhere you go. I mean, literally everywhere. And you'll get better at it. I know it does seem awkward when the cash register attendant looks really ticked off and she's scanning a whole chicken and you're just like, how do I even start this conversation? We're gonna send you some stuff to show you how. But one way you could do it is this. You could say, hey, this is what I always do. I say, hey, uh, what time you get off? And they're like, 9 p.m. It couldn't come any faster. And then I say, did you know that Jesus is coming back soon? No, I don't say that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you just start a casual conversation and you can even say it like this. Hey, I know this might seem like pretty quick and like I'm pretty forward here, but I go to a really awesome church. It's called Bethel Church on 238 North William Street. I would absolutely love to have you. I cannot tell you how many people have sat beside me on this front row because of just a random invite. Invite people everywhere you go. What else can you do? You can share the Bethel Church social media stuff, the Recovery Alive stuff. I've had several people come to Recovery Alive because I shared a post from Recovery Alive. I had somebody message me one time. I shared a post about Recovery Alive and they literally messaged me and they say, what is Recovery Alive? Is it just for people who have chemical addictions? And I was like, is this Rich Cedarman like messaging me with a fake account to see if I know what to say right now? Rich is our Recovery Alive director. And I send them a message back. And, and guess what? They've been coming every Friday night. So just by sharing something from social media can help us bring people home. Use your personal social media account to promote your personal political opinions. That will really help out. Oh, I'm just kidding. Use your personal social media account to promote Jesus first, Bethel Church, and Recovery Alive. And get after it anywhere to anybody. Walk in the boldness the Holy Spirit has given you to be a witness. I want you to stand up with me right now. As we move forward in 2022, You're gonna be getting a lot of information, a lot of communication um, about these two things. But how many of you will come into agreement that we're gonna be looking and taking care of our house? Will you wave at me right here? You say, yes, that's me. You've heard some of the things that we've said. How many of you are gonna come into agreement that we are gonna get out there and tell people it's time to come home? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, I get kind of excited about our house. I get really excited about the come home thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, when we bring them home, I'd like the, I'd like the bathroom and the kitchen to be clean. You know what I mean? I'd love to, to put our best before them. And so I'm going to ask you right now, this is, what, this is how we're going to end our service. I'm going to pray and I want you to pray with me. Come into agreement with me right now. Okay. Let's pray. Look, God, I... We come to you right now. We know you've given us biblical vision, prophetic vision. We know that you are showing us that where you're leading us and where you're leading us is taking us closer to Jesus. So Lord, I pray that you would show us as individuals that we would lay down our leadership titles or we would lay down our roles in the church and we would really ask you to speak to us as individuals, as families, as singles, that you would show us how we can come into alignment with the vision of this house. God, I pray that you would show us things that we could do, things that we could give up, things that we could start, and maybe even things that we should stop. Lord, to to better steward what you have already given us and to get out and intentionally evangelize this community. God, I thank you for what you're giving us. I thank you for where we're headed. 
I thank you for what you've done here already in this church. God, and I know that you are, when you give us vision, God, you always give us provision. You always provide the resources. And Lord, we step into that this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, look, I know this Sunday's been a little bit different. Next week, we'll be kicking off the fast. It starts that Monday afterwards. I really want you to write those 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 two little phrases, our house, come home somewhere. And I want you to be praying. If you need prayer today before you leave, if you are far from God or you have sickness in your body or you're just struggling and you want someone to come into agreement with you, I want to ask you as you guys leave, you're more than welcome to come down here. I'll be here. A couple other people will be here to pray for you. We love you guys. We'll see you out on the battlefield this week. Well, we hope you've been encouraged today. For more information about who we are, or if we can pray for you or serve you in any way, please reach out and connect with us. You can check us out online at BethelChurch.info. Join us next week as we continue to grow together in God's Word.